All right, now you got me. Now, now, let me invite you to take your Bible and go to the book of Habakkuk, okay? Now, in, in the event that you are not familiar with that, it's in the Old Testament. It is one of what we call the minor prophets. So you might have to look up your, uh, in your uh, table of contents. Um, we're going to be in Habakkuk, specifically at, at the end of the book, in chapter 3. It's a short book, only three chapters. And generally speaking... Habakkuk is not really a book that's known for having a lot of good news. So, so for instance, the, the beginning uh, of the, this book, this short book, is Habakkuk crying out to God and, and saying this, How long, Lord, must I call for help and you do not listen, or cry out to you about violence and you do not save? Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing, oppression, and violence are right in front of me? Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective and justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. Now, I don't want to take... I don't want to step out of the context here, but what, I, what Habakkuk saw when he looked around was, was a culture. People who were consistently turning their backs on God. And he saw things in their society just becoming worse and worse. And so here, here he's crying out to God and saying, God, don't you see, don't you understand what's going on? And are you not going to do anything about it? And God's response in, in chapter 1 verse 5 is simply, uh, Look at the nations and observe and be utterly astounded, for I am doing something in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. And then he goes on to say exactly what he's going to do, and that is, I'm going to send people to destroy you. Yes, I know exactly what's going on, and these people are going to come to destroy you. And, and Habakkuk's response to that is, you can't do that. Like, that's not, that's not, what, I, that's not what I meant. Like, I just wanted, like, people to wake up and, and be revived. And, and did, are, are, are you serious? Like, you wouldn't send those people that. I mean, look, we're kind of bad, but those people are, like, really bad. And you wouldn't send the, the really bad folks to destroy us, right? To which case, God says, no, 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 that's what's going to happen. You are going to be, your, your nation is going to be destroyed. Now, now why, why am I saying all that? Don't, don't worry, this is not going political. Let, let's, let's just be honest for a second, okay? Y'all, this year has been rough, right? Anybody else? Like, like just, man, I mean, 2020 is, we're, we're going to remember this year for a long time and not for, the, not for a lot of good reasons so far. You know, and I'm, I'm pretty, I mean, I think, I think Michelle would tell you for the most part I'm optimistic. I mean, I like to look on the bright side of things. Um, but if I can just be honest with you, man, like yesterday just hit me. And it was like just the weight of 2020 came crashing down on me. And I, I don't think I was a lot of fun to be around in my house yesterday. Um, and and let, me, let me share with you just a little bit why. why. Um, over the past couple of weeks, I've, I've had multiple conversations with pastors who have been fired from their jobs because of their leadership in, through, through the COVID crisis. Um, 
Several pastors that I know had deacon boards who came together and and had votes of no confidence. And and when I heard about that, I kind of stopped and I thought, you know, like I don't know of a pastor right now that somebody could not come up and say, you know what, we don't think you've led very well because you you either opened us up too soon or we should have never closed down to begin with. Or I, I can't believe you're making us wear masks in the building. Or I can't believe you're not making everyone wear masks in the building. I mean, this is a this is just an, an unusual time. Seeing people lose jobs and seeing just just our general, as we've talked before, our general way of life be disrupted in, in a big way. About three weeks ago now, um, maybe you saw this, this story made national headlines. A uh, pastor's wife out of the Kansas City area took off to supposedly to go visit some family in Alabama and disappeared, was, was not heard from. So there was this national search that, that took place. And last week, so, so two, she was missing for two weeks, and last week they found, found her vehicle and her in a shipping container in rural Arkansas. She had apparently driven in to the shipping container, shut the door, left the car running until she passed out. This has been a heavy season. And, and even though the situation is, is not the same exactly, where, where Habakkuk was crying out just because of, of the evil that, that he persisted, I've, I've found myself at least resonating with these words from Habakkuk um, how long, Lord, must I call for help and you don't listen? Or cry out and you, you don't save. You know, it's, sometimes it seems like we've been, we've been crying out to, to the Lord about all that's happening in, in 2020 and, and what we're getting is, is, is silence. If you read through the rest of Habakkuk, things really don't get better. I mean, I mean, this is not a, this is not a, and they lived happily ever after passage. But at the end, we're given some very key verses that I think will help us. Because, listen, we don't know what's going to happen with 2020. Right now, at least here in New Mexico, what we're seeing is that the, the overall hospitalizations are down. And we praise the Lord for that. Our, our, even when we saw spikes in new cases of COVID-19, we didn't see spikes in deaths, and and for that, we're grateful. But we have no idea what what else is coming. Will our state be open back up? Maybe, maybe not. And I know there are all kinds of opinions about that, and you know, at the end of the day, at least where we are right now, you and I really have no say in in how that goes, right? Right now, we, we have no say in the, the rising cases or in the hospitalizations. We, we can do our part to carry on the best practices to try to keep ourselves safe and, and those around us safe. But in the grand scheme of things right now, we have, we have really no control over how this thing goes. And we know as we come into cold and flu season that the things could get worse again. I mean, we're 
coming up on, on the fall and for, for much of our nation, the NFL and I got a lot of buddies in the South and when SEC football starts talking about being canceled, that's something major that's happened, right? I mean, there, there's major disruptions to our, to our life schedule. What about y'all? Our family's had multiple kind of, you know, vacations or just little trips that we've planned that have, that have gotten canceled for, for various reasons. And, and as I said yesterday, that just all took it, like, just kind of took its toll. It was like the weight of, of the last seven months just came crashing down on me. And, and I didn't do a very good job of this, what, what I'm going to talk about, until last night. When the Lord finally basically just said, all right, is, is your pity party over? Are, are you done now? Because this is Habakkuk's conclusion in chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. He says this, Though the fig tree does not bud and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls. Did, Did you catch what he just said there? Nothing got better. In fact, things might be continuing to get worse. Look at verse 18. Yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. So Habakkuk is looking around at at his nation. He sees the judgment of God coming on their sin. And and at this point that he's writing, there's really not an end in sight. Things are not looking up. So so there's not a whole lot of optimism of, hey, we've turned a corner and people are starting to repent and come back to to trust in the Lord. Things are really looking up. Now let's celebrate. No, he, he says here, even if nothing gets better, I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Now, as I said, I, I tend to be an optimist, so I'm, I'm trusting, I'm hoping, I'm be- believing that things are going to get better soon. But, but here's the reality. My trust in God is not based on whether or not I can go sit in a restaurant and eat. My, my trust in God is not based on whether or not baseball or football are played, which is a really good thing because baseball came back and I, the rain, when my Rangers are playing, I'm kind of wishing it hadn't. My hope isn't based in vacations, getting to travel to see family. My, my, my hope is based in the Lord. So as rough as it is, even if things do not get better for a long time, can you say with the prophet, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. 
In the Old Testament book of James, James, the brother of Jesus, tells us something similar. Only his comes on the front end of his letter, writing to a people who were being persecuted for their faith, writing for a people who were experiencing all kinds of trials. And this is what he says. James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Now, I'm so glad that he put that word various there. Because there's always been questions, well, is he referring to people who are suffering persecution because of their faith? Uh, well, that would be various. Is he, is he, does this apply to people who are maybe dealing with, with serious health concerns? I think that's a various trial. What about people that are just kind of prone to depression? Well, that's a various trial. How about a worldwide pandemic where, where life as we know it is probably changing in some ways permanently? And I'm not really happy about that. That's, that's a various trial. So in the middle of these various trials, he says, consider it a great joy. Because, listen to this, you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So when we experience various trials, our faith is tested. And, and I, I think everyone in here would, would say, you know, if you've walked through any kind of a trial, yes, I, I, I recognize that, that in those times I, I can feel my faith being put to the test. And, and that simple question, will I continue to trust even when I don't see exactly what's happening? But the testing of your faith produces endurance. I've, shockingly enough, I've never been an endurance runner. I'm, I'm sure you're just, you know, blown away by that. In fact, the, the one 5K that I've run here, Nick saw me running in it and passed me about three times, I think. And so, right, like, like we, but, but in order to train yourself for endurance, you, that requires some pain, does it not? That, that requires testing your body. It's how you work a body into shape is you, you, you have to push it. You have to push it until it hurts, and you have to push it a little bit further after it hurts. The, the testing of our faith is really no different. When, when, when our faith begins to be tested, it, it hurts. And yet that testing produces endurance. And then verse 4, he says, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. All right, I don't know how to do this. Like, I'm, I'm not really enjoying this time of testing. It's, it's not fun. No, it's a trial. And yet I think that God wants me to learn something and learn some endurance. How do I do that? Well, he goes on. If any of you lacks wisdom, 
He should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. So like Habakkuk, let us, in the middle of trials, in the middle of just hard days, hard months, hard years, let us celebrate the Lord. Let us rejoice in Him regardless of circumstances. And like James, let us consider it a great joy when we experience trials because those trials produce endurance which lead to maturity in the faith. And if you don't know where to start, let's ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given to him. As I said at the beginning, none of us really knows how long this is going to go. None, none of us really knows you know, how, the, the fundamental changes that will happen in our, in our culture as we move through this. Anytime there's change, there's always mourning that comes with that. And so I would say it's, it's okay. It's okay to mourn losses. It's, it's okay to feel some frustration every now and then. But in the middle of that, in the middle of uncertainty and difficulty, don't forget to celebrate. Don't forget to rejoice. Don't forget to consider even the trials, even enduring trials, a great joy. And pray that the Lord is shaping us and molding us, molding His people, molding His churches into the image of Christ even in these really weird days. And let this endurance that's being taught to us produce its full effect. That we as individuals, that we as a local body of believers here at First Baptist Church may be Mature and complete, lacking nothing. Let's pray. Our Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the way it speaks. I, I thank you for finally grabbing my attention last night after a day of a pity party and not letting me continue in that, but calling me back to, to those very verses in Habakkuk. Even if this doesn't get, even if the circumstances don't get better, I can still celebrate and I can rejoice in you, my God. So I pray that for each of us here in this room, that we would be people who trust in you, 
Yes, who even celebrate in who you are. That as we walk through these difficult days, you are testing our faith, you're refining our faith, you're producing endurance in us, leading to maturity in the faith. We'll put away earthly things, cast off earthly idols so that our trust may be more fully in you. Thank you for sending Christ Jesus to the earth to be sacrificed for our sins and for the forgiveness that's available to us when we get short-sighted. We tend to trust in things that we shouldn't trust in. In those days, call us back to repentance, to turn away from those, and to trust in Jesus. We ask all these things in his mighty name. Amen.